even though we decide to do something for ourselves does not mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean that it is just, that's it, I'm done. You still have to go through the emotions of change. Change always has some pull. And you you gave up four of your favourite foods. This is Katie Gordon, and you're listening to the Wait Is Over podcast. Welcome health and freedom seekers. Sit back and relax as you come on this journey of overcoming obstacles so you can lose weight, gain health, and live the life you've been looking for. Hello, Freedom Seekers, and welcome to this week's show. I'm your host, Katie Gordon, and the wait is over with Dietless Living 360 Degrees. There's no recipes, food regimes, or exercise programs to follow. This is simply about how to take your life back, how to take control, because we all have a voice and we want to be heard. We want to forget about dieting, focus on living, and lose weight. And to do that, we have to develop our personal health leadership skills and create a new mindset, a mindset that gets us over the obstacles and challenges of our own unconscious programs and our life, because that's really what's ultimately causing habit relapse and impacting on our weight and health. And the purpose of this podcast is to share what I learned from 25 years in dieting hell and spending over $100,000 working out how to step into dietless living because nobody should have to go through that much BS just to learn how to lose weight permanently. And today I'm talking to the absolutely delightful Judy Livingston. So welcome to the show, Judy. I'm very excited to have you on the show with me today. Hi, Katie. How you doing? Lovely to be here. Thank you. I am absolutely, truly excited to have you on the show. We've spoken before and I met Judy through a friend. Hi, Dan. How are you going? Judy, this weight loss podcast is actually a bit different to the normal weight loss podcasts that are out there because we don't talk about food or recipes or any of those sort of traditional methods of weight loss. Because from my experience and observations, the biggest impact on people's weight and health is not the foods that we choose to eat, but it comes from how we think, feel and deal with life and the obstacles and challenges that we have to go through. Because that's really what's you know going on behind the scenes of everything that we do for ourselves and for others. And so normally I talk to people about what their biggest obstacle or challenge has been in life. But with you, we've talked before and you have such an interesting uh, work background, career history, and you've worked in government department before and you've worked with a lot of people who have had difficult and challenging lives and you've seen the people that have done really well and there's been people that don't do really well. So you've seen the full gamut of the challenges, the real life challenges that people actually have and how it does impact on their mental, emotional, physical health. And so I was wondering if today we could talk a little bit about that and maybe you could share some of the observations that you've had of the people who did really well and how they managed to navigate themselves really without too much support from external people. Like I know they haven't been privileged enough to go to NLP trainings and get a lot of, you know, personal development and that sort of thing. So is there something that sort of comes to mind to get the ball rolling? I think for me, uh, and certainly the people that I've worked with, I think one of the things that you were just talking about, and that is joining, you know, your gyms and all of those things. Firstly, for most people or a lot of people that I've worked with, um, that's government and non-government. I think they just can't afford that. And I think that's one of the very first things. So if they can't do it themselves or they have encouragement from other people or family members or whoever it is and themselves, then 
they're not going to to make it. But I think the most important thing um, really it comes down to, and certainly after what I've just said, is your own emotional state and where they're at at any given time. I think people need to recognise when they're, I guess, well enough to be able to go on that journey. And maybe you've got to get to a certain space for yourself before you can do that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that comes from situations where people emotionally eat, for instance, yeah. um, because they're stressed. Yeah. Um, if you're in a situation where you're stressed or you've got strategies to manage your stress well and you're doing very well, then I think that that changes that. And therefore, over time, you're then able to put your energy into another area. And let's be honest, losing weight for people is a massive area for them. Yeah. Um, emotionally so to recognize that it's a big part of their life um, and do you but, find sorry to interrupt you there when, thinking talking about the emotional stability right that's that's where the key is and we just don't have enough education about that so when we're talking about people who are you know we just everybody has not got the understanding of their emotions and how to handle them in in you know healthy helpful ways so you must have seen some people that have really like had to pull themselves up by their own bootstraps and develop their own emotional stability and strategies yeah absolutely and isn't that so very difficult? And I think they're very strong people. Let, let's be honest, you know, you get to that point. Sometimes it could be, um, if I'm talking about my own weight loss, I would have said that I got to a point and said, okay, that's it. I'm changing my life. This is what I'm going to do and I'm going to do these things. That doesn't mean that I was particularly strong to do that. What it meant was I made a decision and I decided that that's what I was going to do. And some people do that and you can do that and do that quite well. And really it is about that focus, isn't it? You know, you've decided, you've made a decision, that's it, I'm going to do it. But you've got to start somewhere that's small. Yes. So yeah. that you're not expecting the world in a week. Yes. Like it's just got to be in, you know, baby steps along to meet that. And I think the people that, succeed and certainly that I've and and you know this is even people on medication which you know we both know medication is a huge issue for weight mm. gain in most issues and I think for them to get a handle on the fact that yes they've got to take this medication and often for life if it's a mental health type medication then they've got to get a handle on well what strategies can I use while taking this to help me through that yeah, I think that I'm currently um, working with somebody who um, is taking a medication, which I have worked with other people before, and exactly the same side effect, and that is where they've put on weight. This person's doing really well in a more restrictive diet, as in smaller portions, portions, not necessarily missing out on everything. Of course you know, lowering some sugar and that sort yeah. of thing, but still having some of those things, but just, you know, smaller portions were the, were the things that we started with and just just not a lot, just a little bit, then just taking out some sugar, you know, not having that cake or not, you know, even a sugar in a coffee, for yeah. instance. That over a long period, and we're talking about a number of months now, has made a huge difference. And by about six or seven kilos. And that's it, right? It's small incremental changes, Absolutely. marginal gains over time and not going in and because for myself, I used to go, you know, I'd source out a diet, either one from a somebody I'd pay to do it with, or perhaps I might do a, you know, a diet that you read about in a book. But Mostly the really restrictive ones were going through some uh, a paid professional and they reduced too many things too fast and it's just not sustainable. So what you're talking about is really the only proper way to do it. Well, I think the other thing with that is, I don't know whether you found this, Katie, but I certainly did. I think it's giving you a diet that you don't necessarily like the food for either. 
Yes. And, you know, let's be honest. If And I can certainly talk about the person I'm working with at the moment. There's many things he doesn't eat. And if someone says to him, you're just going to eat a plate of vegetables, well, that's ridiculous. It's never going to happen. But if you're given foods or if you're you're restricting the foods you're currently having, which obviously you enjoy, then that's a start, isn't it? And that's then true. from there, often, often you learn from there. Yes. about other foods and what's good for you, et cetera. But to start with, why put yourself under that pressure, I think? Um, I totally I agree. Totally agree because it's too much too soon and we skip for me having to give up foods that are important to me, Vegemite, love my Vegemite, and to have to give up bread, men, I had to give up Vegemite. and. Oh. Couldn't do that, right? And, you know, a lot of the keto things are no fruit. I love my fruit. And, yeah, it's giving up foods that are important to you. And like you say, if you've got, if you're a finicky eater or somebody who just says, no, I don't eat these things, and then all of a sudden the things that you do eat are the ones that are, you know, no longer on the, the list, then it makes it really hard. With medication, is it that medication changes like the thyroid and the workings of the body and causes the body to produce extra weight or does it increase their appetite or is it a bit of both depending on medication? Good question. Good question. And I'm not a medical person, so I wouldn't like to give a medical response to that. But from my my understanding and certainly from what I've seen, it's more about the fact that they're hungry. It's yeah. a little bit like, you know, that emotional eating where yes. you just you're just hungry. So they eat more. But it obviously changes something in their body as well. Yeah. Um, because the weight gain is often with eating the same foods quite quick. So it must be in the body as well, I would think. Yeah. Um, but certainly your appetite and maybe the times you eat changes as well because yeah. you're eating more so instead of three meals a day you might be snacking in between or having something at night time because yeah. you're feeling a little bit hungry um, whereas before maybe you didn't and yeah. I guess for some people who are on medication their lifestyle different to other people's lifestyles if they're having it whether whatever the illness is whether it's mental emotional mm -hmm. physical illness they're not as active are they so that's no. a contributing factor well don't you think and I mean I can I guess I'm speaking for myself here I think when you are feeling uncomfortable about your weight and you're carrying excess weight then I mean, I had times where I didn't even want to go out the house, never mind go out the house and go for a walk around the block. So I think that's a lot about that. Again, it's that emotional state. Yeah. And I think that it's when you start to lose weight, however small that is, if you can recognise that a small bit is a great thing, then eventually you get out of that, don't you? You become more confident. You're able to read a little bit more. You're able to feel more comfortable to go for a walk because you're feeling better in yourself. Yes, because you have a little a... win, don't you, right? That's exactly. Keeping your promises emotional to... again. Yes. It's emotional, isn't it? Yes, you have but a win. You're physical. keeping your promises to yourself. Yeah, yeah I'm going to just cut down on sugar today, you know, however much it is, half a teaspoon. Yeah. Yes, I did that. Yeah, exactly. And I think that you can get to a point where although you may have been active prior to putting on weight, I think if you get to the point where your emotional state is such that you're embarrassed, you don't want to go out there, you know, you don't want anyone to see you, you know, God forbid, you know, you can't really go for a walk at night time, you know, all of those things. And I think it's that again is still back to that emotional and how to break that. And little wins yep. give you that little yes. win. That mental state, I was talking about in one of my other podcasts I did recently about the feeling of just I don't want to go out because I haven't got any clothes to wear. You know, my my mind, and, and I think it's the same for most people, is you get used to wearing some set of clothes. Somehow my brain says, you look all right in this right? And it'd be whatever I was wearing to work and whatever I'd wear to the shops. It'd be like three outfits. Yeah. And then if I was to go to the gym or uh, there'd be a different social event and I'd 
have to find something else to wear and that would be the reality of crap I look awful like you know and then I'd be very hard on myself but also realistic I'm this big and nothing fits and you know going to a dress shop would I would leave crying many times you know because I just I couldn't find anything to wear and thusly I would stay home it was very isolating Oh, very much so. Absolutely. Really, really isolating. And I think that people who, and again, it comes back to a lot of support and yep. you've got support around you. That makes a huge difference, I think. Um, now, whether that's professional support in your GP or whoever it is, or whether it's your family and your close people close to you, which is fantastic if that's, not everybody has that though. No, they don't. Um, and I think if you can reach out to somebody who is going to mentor you to some degree. And when, when I say that, that's not about, oh, look, you must do that and you mustn't do this. It's more about just listening to you. And so when you have a win, they're celebrating it with you. And then when you ask them a question, they'll help you to work that out or research it or do whatever. Um, and I think that's really, really important as well. Yep. So with yourself, when you uh, made that decision to lose weight, is that what you did? You just went, I'm just going to start making small changes over time? Well, I um, and I'll tell you why it happened. I um, was out with my granddaughters one day and I went to do something and I couldn't do it or I wasn't comfortable doing it. And I said, all right, that's it. If it's going to impact on my life and my grandchildren, then I've got to do something about it. So I decided, which is probably against everything I've just said, but I decided for myself because this was something I chose to do, so yeah. it's a little bit different, I chose to give up four foods that I absolutely loved. Right. And I did that and I lost little weight by little by little by little and it took me four years for what me to lose my foods, weight. If you don't the mind four food was meat, yep. bread, butter and potatoes. They were the four things. And I didn't, it, the interesting thing about it is I hardly ever eat meat now because my body can't digest it as well. I mean, I can eat it. I, I can't say yeah. I can't eat it, but it's, I'm not really comfortable in eating it. But I found that was really hard, but I was so focused on the fact that I needed to lose weight. And if I gave those things up that were important to me, but not that important, yeah. My girls were more important. So yes. I, my mindset was different. Yes. Um, but I, I do understand it was your that choice, that's right? hard. Sorry? It was your choice. Absolutely, absolutely. So I think that can be quite difficult. But you could give up one thing. Yes. You could give up, like you said before, it could be sugar in your coffee or it could be um, two slices of bread a day. Yeah. You know, it could be as things, small right? as that. Yeah, it could be small, small, small. Um, and I think that that's what's important. My situation was I made a choice because it was a lifestyle choice for me. Yeah. And that was that was different. And not, not any less emotional because that was, I was very emotionally tied into that. Um, but it wasn't really then about the food. It was more yep. about the fact that I have to do this. And that's the that's a really good point, right? Because even though we decide to do something for ourselves does not mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean that it is just that's it, I'm done. You still have to go through the emotions of change. Change always has some pull and you you gave up four of your favorite food. So there was the body addiction to those foods that you would have had to have worked your way through. There was just the mental desire for them and all the other things that go with it, which, as we know, is all emotional. It's all happening in here. That's right. And how to navigate in the moment. Like this is the thing, right? This is where I could sometimes, well, long long periods of time in losing weight, you know, I'm on, I'm just, um, you know, batting away the cravings. It's good, I'm, I'm motivated, but it'd always be those times 
especially when habit relapse was moving in, where I couldn't do that, where, you know, it's like, I want to say no, I just want to say no, but it would be so intense, the physical feelings for it, Mm. that without strategies, or that I didn't have anything back then, it was just full on willpower, (laughs) you know, just I think what I what I did, I think, Katie, in that instance, and I can recall doing this, and I I sort of thought to myself, you know, you've just gone off everything you love, and then maybe it was someone's birthday and they had a birthday cake, yeah? Yeah. And so that I didn't feel that I was missing out, I used to just have a little tiny bite. Yeah. So therefore I'm not missing out. But it didn't do anything. It, you know, didn't make any difference really um, as far as what I was trying to do. But it also made me feel good that I wasn't missing out. So I think, again, that's a bit of a mind thing that I sort of thought, oh, well, I don't. See, I don't really even need the whole piece. Yes. And so that was a positive which came out of something so tiny. For some people, though, I can't. Uh, there's some things, you know, the old saying, one's too many and a hundred's not enough. <laughs> yeah. So there's certain foods I can just have one mm. or a bite and there's plenty of foods. It's just yeah. straight I think abstinence. you have to pick your food. <laughs> yeah, you do. Straight abstinence. Yeah. And I used to find that a glass of water, a hand, having a glass of water was very Absolutely. handy because it was about washing the palate, you know, to break that. The sugar, there's something about the sugar, you know, sugar begets sugar and it's just like this hand-to-mouth thing would start to happen, yeah. you know, and you've got to break that cycle. So it was a drink water to wash it from the mouth would sort of like give my taste buds a reprieve. Um, yeah. I always remember Dolly Parton. She always says, you know, she would do the same sort of thing. She would just have a bite of cake. She says, you've had the whole banquet in the first mouthful. There's no need to keep eating. Your taste buds are adulled by the first after that yeah. first mouthful. So good strategy. I think the think water, what you're talking about, water is really important. I think that having a glass of water for the client I'm with at the moment always has a glass of water before dinner or before eating. Yeah. And that makes a difference as well. So there can be little strategies like that that you you do but that make a huge difference. Is that so that they sort of feel a bit fuller? Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, not only that, it's getting the water in, but, yes, yes it also makes you feel. get the hydration. Feel, yeah, and it makes you feel fuller for sure. Yeah. You don't yeah. need as much. Yeah. Because there's so many things, right, that we do, we eat. You know, if we're eating a lot of processed foods, we're very dehydrated and, you know, water is so important. I think some people get really carried away with the water. I see some of these water bottles that people have. They're almost like a bloody tank. Yeah. It's like I don't know that that amount of water every day is, you know, if you're eating fruit and and vegetables and just I don't think you need that much water and, you know, the more you drink, the more you go to the bathroom you're just leaching out nutrients out of your body so you you know there's a balance there somewhere yeah you've got to get yes you've got to get the balance I think right yeah so tell me a little bit more about how you went through your weight loss journey so you said it took you four years and did you find like was it just a period of time where it was challenging or was there different periods like you did really well you didn't have it relapse and you just worked out your oh, own I strategy. Say I never put on weight um I don't I, I you know during period times menstruation that sort of thing but I guess I wasn't as fixated on the scales yes I only ever used to weigh myself once a week yeah and I really used to just weigh it against my clothes. You know, I'd put something on, think, oh, that's a bit looser or, yeah, you know, oh, that feels quite good. It's not tight around the waist, you know, that sort of thing. I think I, I've i never really been a big scales girl anyway, um, but it's been more about the clothes and how they fit. Yeah. Um, and then you sort of start wearing your clothes and they're falling off you and you think, oh, okay, all right, well, I don't want to buy more clothes. Maybe I'll just go and buy a pair of pants I can wear to work and one shirt. And yeah. then, and so 
again, it's a mindset. Oh, well, I don't want to buy a whole lot of clothes because I'm still losing weight. Yes. And so because it was positive, then I was able to continue on with that journey. Um, It didn't mean that I never ate one of those four things, but it was very extremely rare that I did that. And as I said, you know, I'd have that bite of cake or whatever. And I I think you get to a point where you just say, well, you know, that's okay. Um, You're strong. Look what you've done. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. That doesn't mean I was. But, you know, I can tell my mind. You can, you can just tell. Yeah, no, 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 exactly. And I think if you believe and if you see um, a result and you can see a result, whether that be by a scale or whether that be by your clothes or someone says, oh, gee, Judy, you're looking good. You know, you've lost weight, whatever it is. um, I think that that's what really spurs you on. And bearing in mind that my end result was a lifestyle. Yeah. And so my lifestyle changed because of that. So with that, had you tried to lose weight in other times before that? (laughs) My goodness me. Yes. So as a child, you know, I went through school, you know, you get called fatty and fat. So all of that stuff. Um, Bearing in mind, I was never really a big kid. I was probably, uh, you know, I carried a bit more weight than than others, but I wouldn't have said I was never never huge. We don't um, have to be to get teased, do you? No, there no. doesn't have to be anything wrong with no. us to be teased. And so I got to my teen years, and again, always feeling that I was big because, of course, you know you hear that often enough. My father died when I was twelve, and my mother died, and uh, later on in life, but they both had heart disease. So then in my mind, I couldn't get big because if I did, um, then I'm likely to die of a heart attack. You know, that's what happens when, you know, um, you have that in your family. So all of us, all of my siblings and myself, all of us um, watched our weight. So I was only ever between a size 12 and 14 most of the time. Yep. 14 would have been about my highest and I don't call that's not not at all big no. you know and these days I see most beautiful models that are plus sizes who look just absolutely gorgeous but in back in that era um, I guess 14 was was big I suppose because we were all quite restricted in you must wear this fashion yeah. whereas now I think oh, it's wonderful you know you can wear anything you like anytime and it's it's fantastic and I love that I love that yeah. for the young girls now I do um, so too. I that, People go, oh, they shouldn't wear that. Now, why shouldn't they? <laughs> if they yeah, want to wear it, wear exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. But that wasn't the case when no. I was young. So I always grew up with this, I suppose, um, being overweight. I always felt I was overweight. Yeah. And I was never thin. I had a sister who was thin, so she'd be a size 10. And my other sister was about same as me. But, you know, I always believed. I don't think it would have mattered. I still felt I was big. Um so, yeah, I think it's you grow up with that mindset. Yeah. Um, it's actually then, a good point, sorry to interrupt you, but I've got friends and it was the same for me. I've got a friend, there's a photo of her. Her waist literally looked about this big and she said, I don't know why I thought I was fat. Mm. Right, you know, she had this itty-bitty tiny waist just yeah. like, you know, and in her mind at that time, she thought she was fat and I'm the same. I've got photos of me and I go, oh, I was pretty skinny, wasn't I? You know, because I didn't put on weight till I was 21. Mm. I was pretty skinny, but I always thought I was overweight. Mm. So we have it's this funny. and whether and mine wasn't from teasing or anything, but I think it's what you get from the media. You Oh, absolutely. Take it in, you're constantly comparing yourself to it. We we come from different era. I don't know how different it really is now for young girls, but you know, women just were judged by looks. You you should be skinny, you know. And I certainly know a few people that I'd call fatophobes, people who were in my life that just, you know, always had some comment to make about overweight and especially overweight women, never really overweight men. 
Yeah, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? A very gender focus, um, mm. which, is, which is very sad. Yes. Yeah. So you didn't really have a weight problem like you were, just a size oh, 12 I, I 14? I, I did, I guess. I suppose I could have been a size 10 like my sister, but I was, you know, I was very active and I was always sporty and I yeah. always did exercise. And even at my biggest, when I made that decision, I was exercising five and six times a week. So yeah. I, it, it, what the reason I was big was because I ate. Yeah. Not, and that was emotional eating for all sorts of things that was going on in my life at the yeah. time. And I even know the period of time that I put on the weight. Um, and I'd actually gone to the doctor and the doctor had said to me that um, he, she'd given me tests because I was going through menopause very early. Right. And um, she'd given me some tests, and especially because my parents, and um, she said, oh, Judy, the likelihood of you ever having a heart attack or a stroke is is one in three billion type thing. You've got some sort of gene. And I went, now, and this is how your mind works. Psychologically, yeah. I then thought, I must have then thought, Oh well, that's okay. I don't have to worry now. Hands off. <laughs> uh, but the but the issue is that, and it is a psychological thing because I don't that never really. I can't ever remember thinking that. I don't think I would have ever thought that. But don't psychologically, think you ever went home and went, woohoo! I don't have it. I can eat what I like. Exactly. So over the next six years, I put on weight, and that was when my life changed to getting bigger. Then, right. Um, and and I was quite big. So yeah, so it's amazing what the mind does. It's it's very strong. And what it does without your knowledge, this is the part that gets me. It's what it does without your awareness, without your permission yeah. and without yeah. your awareness. Because I would I could put on like I could lose weight and then the habit relapse for me was always a surprise, you know, when I'd look in the mirror and go, well, when the hell did that 10 or 20 kilos come back? You know, like the the surprise of it all, like, yeah. hello, you, you yeah. know, here we are again. And speaking of people, you said before, you know, you get some compliments from people when you're, you know, losing weight and that feels good. For me, that was actually usually a trigger that would lead to habit relapse. So there was something in that that when I'd get to a certain point and people, I can remember very clearly a time that I I looked like a model. There's actually a photo of me at a work event and I'm in a red sequin dress and I do. I look fabulous in that dress, in that photo. Thankfully, there was a photo of it. But that particular night, you know, loads of compliments, etc. and I hadn't been drinking, you know, been just living a nice, clean lifestyle and I remember people, you know, come to the bar and then, you know, it's late at night, let's have shots, you know, and it was the creamy shots and all of that stuff. And that was it. Game over. My weight just wow. started to come back not long after. That amazing. That. I know it was a slippery slide. But, again, not aware of it. Yeah. So there's and so it's many interesting. Things. Yeah. And how the mind works, very, very strong, yes. very strong. And there you were, you got good news and that was something that your mind went off and yeah. did something yeah. else I weird. Mean, I should have been ecstatic, you know. Um, and instead of that subconsciously, I put my guard down and started to eat more, obviously. Um, I was going through some emotional stuff at the time as well, to be fair. Yeah. There, was a, there, was, there was quite a few things going on in my life. And then it just starts. And as you say, it just snowballs. And all of a sudden it's six years later and then I'm standing there one day and I can't do something. I think, oh, my, how did this ever happen? What am I doing? How did you it know, happen? I used to go to gym and everything and I knew I was getting big and I had shin splints and I had all sorts of things. So there was lots of things to tell me. But, yeah, I just wasn't doing anything about it. But there's something, yeah, there's that thing that says I'm asleep to it. I know my clothes are getting tight. I know I'm going up in sizes. I know I've got shin splints. I know this. But we lie to ourselves. We don't do it on purpose, but there's a thing. After the COVID came through and uh, passed, and I was talking to a young girl at South Bank yep. one day, and she had put on 15 kilos 
over COVID. Now she said she'd never been had a weight problem ever before. And, you know, through we talked for a while and she said she didn't notice. She didn't notice that she was 15 kilos overweight until her friends were all starting to make comments. Oh, and, really? Yeah. So I said, well, how do you not notice knowing that it, I'd experienced the same? She said, I don't know. I just think I wasn't doing enough different things or she just... And she'd never had a weight problem I before. I want to know subconsciously, Katie. Yeah. Maybe you just want to continue on your trajectory that you're going. Don't know. You know? Don't know. Don't want to know. No. It's know. just there, right? It's a it's a thing, and that's really what dietless living is about: is that mm. bringing having that awareness because it wasn't a lot. You're exactly right, and it is that. It is about saying, "Well, look, you know, look in the mirror." I now, I, I still don't weigh myself. I probably do it once. Uh, and I told you that I've just lost about six kilos that I just put on a little, a few kilos. But I never get past a certain point. Yeah. And I don't even think it was six kilos, actually. It's probably about four. But I wasn't that uncomfortable, but uncomfortable enough that the waistline and my pants were tight or something yep. had happened. And then I thought, oh, okay, well, I can't. I'll never go back to what I was because that was a long time of getting through that time. And I think the number of people that I have helped over time, and I can't say I've really helped, but I I could say supported them through it through their journey was really about being aware and knowing that this week I've weighed myself and I put on a kilo. How did I do that? But I'm okay not to get stressed about it, but just watch myself a little bit, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. That's what um, the, my, the motto is here is just an ounce of adjustment is always easier to implement than 20 pound of change, you know. It's absolutely. A, yeah. But it is that. It is that. It is exactly that. And I think you've got to monitor. It's like you monitor your health. Like and it's your money. Like, yeah, your money, you certainly do that with your money. And I think it's it's just part of your life, isn't it? And yeah. I think if you're feeling good at whatever you are, I don't care whether you're a size 20 or you're a size 10 or whatever you are, if you're feeling good and that's where you want to be, then you have to have some recognition of that changing yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. in whatever strategy it is for you. Yes. Mine's sitting on the scales once a week. Yeah. And I say, I um, talk about this actually now because for the longest time, for most of my life, the scales, you know, most people who are trying to lose weight, scales are our enemy, you know, because we get only get on them when we're losing weight and we're waiting for them to tell us the good news. Yay, you're there. You can, you know, you've made it, you can stop. But when we're putting on weight we're actually not getting on the scales because the minute it starts yeah. to tell us the wrong story I don't want to know I don't want to get on them this morning because I know they're going to give me bad news and that's how that sort of perpetuates into hey where 20 True. kilos come from but True. the reality is been using the scales wrong all that time so the the real way to use scales is like you're saying is get on them Notice that there's an increase and make a change. Oh, yeah, and that's, could be that's that going up. What am I going to change now? Yeah, and maybe there's a decrease. Maybe you haven't been feeling well. Yeah. And maybe there's a decrease and maybe you need to do something in your diet to help you with that. Yeah. And so it works both ways. Yeah. Um, but you, we in our minds always think about the weight gain. But, yeah. you know, if you're if something's happening in your health and you're losing weight, and that's an issue, then it's something that you really need to look at. And whether it be that you have fruit smoothies or you have something that helps you um, on a daily basis to pick up your weight, to help you to feel that more energised, maybe you're feeling lethargic and all of those things. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it can be for both. Yes, and loss of muscle mass, you know. You've got to build your body, keep yourself strong. I think that's... One of the things, because you said you've exercised a lot, and I love exercise as well. And I think one of the things that is a big topic for me is there's this idea of health, that if you're a very slender person, you must be healthy. 
And if you're an overweight person, well, you must be unhealthy. And we all know that there's people. Oh, that's who, not true. Yeah, mm. we all know the people that go to the gym, that uh, you know, buff bodies, very puffy, you know, really big or whatever. But then they go outside and they're smoking or they're drinking a lot on the weekends or they're, you know, really trying to out-exercise that bad diet. And not eating well either, not yeah. eating well. not Lots of yeah. supplements and things and, yeah. you know, they think that's eating well and I don't really agree with that myself. Mm. Um, and then there's the people that are very slender. Now there's this girl I'd love you to, I wish I had a picture of her. She's adorable, wonderful girl I met in one of my jobs a body like a model I have no idea where, what her genes were but she had two babies she had a very bad diet she really just ate sugary things all the time but you wouldn't know it to look at her she had beautiful muscle definition very slender mm-hmm. really gorgeous and it was like okay so you actually look really healthy but your diet isn't so i guess if we look inside probably not going to look so great maybe there's mm. a lot of stuff going on in there but women that are and men who are very slender but you can tell there's no muscle tone going on there anyway no. you know so ultimately at the end of the day we need that muscle tone we do need exercise we have to mm have muscle strength we've got to hold yeah. that skeletal system together that's really really true and i think uh, i think exercise look i've always been a sporty girl you know even at school and all the rest of it and swimming and, and all sorts of things but and always been interested in just because i it i feel better yeah so for me it's a bit it's my health i feel better if i exercise um and i enjoy to do it that doesn't mean that I've got a, uh, even near a perfect body. No way. And I certainly don't have all of that definition or anything, but I feel better in myself. And so, you therefore, you can pick yourself up off the floor. You've got muscle yeah. strength. You can pick bottles up, your bags yeah. and stuff. Yes, you can still exactly. Do so, I can still do all of those things. And, and quite, um, I, I wouldn't say that my hands are strongest, but I, I certainly, compared to other people at my age, um, yeah, I, can bend down and do squats and I can, you know, get up off a floor and all of those things. Having said that, one of the things when I was that big was that was what happened to me and I couldn't get up. And that's when you really do need to say, and the worst thing about that is it's not really about your weight but about your health there because if you can't move your body to that level, in other words, your mobility is affected, yeah. then that becomes a whole different ball game. So it's not just your weight, but it's also your health that's being yeah. affected because you don't have your flexibility. Um, you're unable, you fall more often. Um, yeah. You don't have your balance, all of those things. So and, I think and life gets me- very hard, doesn't it? It does. Whereas if you continuously do something a day, whether that is 15 minutes walking, 20 minutes walking, whether whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever you choose to do for some point in the day, and it doesn't have to be, that's the other thing I get used to get tied into. And I think we spoke about this, Katie, that I got sucked into, I must do it for this period of time every day, and yes. then I've got to increase it. So I was yeah. really tough on myself initially. Now I just get up and if I've got 10 minutes, 15 minutes, or I'm cooking dinner, I'll do some squats. Or do you know what I mean? I don't yeah. actually have such a structured view on that. And I think yeah. that's helped me continuously do things yeah. um, because I don't have that structure. But but for someone who likes structure, and I, I can tell you, I know I've been there, uh, it's hard to get out of. But once you start thinking, oh, no, it's all right, I've got 20 minutes, I'll go to the gym. Oh, no, I've got 20 minutes, I'm just going to walk around a couple of blocks. That's it, exercise in the gaps, right? This is why people yeah. stop exercising because, exactly. and I, like I remember for myself. No time. Yeah, there's it make this big chunk of thing. Okay, so I'm going to the gym. I'm going to go 700 times a week and I'm going to do an hour. But, yeah. you know, one hour at the gym is really two hours of your life going there, dressing, or exactly. whether it's before or after work, whatever, um, and just getting yourself back on track. 
Yeah. Um, and then you, you know, life comes in, push, and you got fifty other things to do, and the yeah. exercise is the first to go. And I totally mm. agree with you that exercising in the gaps exactly right you're in the kitchen what can I do I can do some push-ups off the bench while I wait for the kettle to boil I can be doing some squats some lunges I can be having a stretch I'm often stretching on the kitchen bench when I clean my Mm. teeth I'm having a stretch and that's it go for a walk find things that you love dance anything yeah, and I agree with you, though. Um, I think it's one of the first things to go when you yeah. get in that emotional um, rut, as I call it, and something is just so bad that you just can't pull yourself out. Uh, and I think until you make an effort to do something very small, yeah. that often can be the, the catalyst that helps you to continue. Yes. Um, but it's it's not easy. It's not easy. The person I'm working with at the moment, so we, um, he's lost it about seven seven kilos now, and he's on that medication, and he's doing really really well. And it has been really small things, but he swims three times a week, and we walk every day, even on the days he swims, and sometimes twice a day on the other days. Yeah. Um, but we try to do it like I do it by water. And yesterday we went on the city cat, so we walked around South Bank, or yeah. I. I try to make it interesting. I try to make it so that it's it's not a chore. It's not yeah. something that's repetitive in the same place. Yeah. And I think that's always nice too. Change your routine up to get your yeah. exercise. Don't do it the same all the time. And that's hard for people who like the gym. Yeah. But if but they love I the think, gym, then that's great. You love the gym. Yeah. You love that. Yeah. You know, exactly. Yeah. Do the thing you like. I yeah. do like variety. I like to change stuff up. I get bored pretty easy yeah me too yeah i've gone to a couple of boot camps in my life one in thailand and one in the entrance in sydney i've been down there twice um and that was really to pick up my act so in other words for me to change out of my rush um in exercise and gym etc because i couldn't i didn't feel that i could get out of it i needed someone to help me to do that a big Um, catalyst yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, it's motivating, I imagine, to do. Is that like a week-long boot camp or something? Well, in, in Thailand it was about 10 days. Yeah. Um, down the entrance is both times it was seven days, yeah. Yeah. But really good, very, very good, you know, yeah. I, and I'd recommend it to anybody. But, again, I did it not to lose weight. At the time I didn't need to lose weight. It was because I really wanted to change up what I was doing and I needed to get more variety in my food and I wanted to learn more about different things. Yeah. So that's why I went. But everyone goes for a different reason. Exactly. Um, and I I actually lost three and a half kilos during that week and I have no idea why I lost it except <laughs> that I was doing different things and probably just the way that I was doing it or the number of hours a day, let's be honest, if yeah. you're there. If you're there all day to do exactly that, then I guess you're exercising more. So, you know, yeah. I was exercising probably two hours more than what everybody else was. Oh, really? Um, just because I really like it yeah. and I thought that I wanted to get the best out of it. Yeah. So, and you did it because you loved it, you wanted to, you knew that was going to be a catalyst for you. Yeah, and, yeah, and I did... took my niece on the second one and she did really well as well. Oh, awesome. Yeah. How long ago was that? I was only looking at some photos the other day, probably four years ago when I took oh, my niece. Yeah. And when I went, and the reason she wanted to go was because she saw my results, but that was probably three years prior to that. Yeah. Oh, wow. So about, yeah, I started about seven years ago. But I, I, you know, and I loved it. It was great. It was really good and I really enjoyed it. But as I said, I wasn't really there to lose weight. It was more about learning more. For, it was a learning for me. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, Judy, I'm really, really loving our conversation. And you've just told me about doing boot camp. And I wonder, like, what's the biggest risk that you've ever taken? Because I like to Mm -hmm. ask this of all my guests, because everybody has something different, and it gives other people ideas. Yeah. Well, you know that I swam with the whale sharks in WA just recently, but I wouldn't call that a big risk because they're very timid and it's so beautiful. But I will say jumping out of a plane at 14,000 feet has got to be the one. How long Um, ago was that? 
that was uh, 10 years ago. Oh, wow. And I would do it again in a heartbeat. It was just so fantastic. I absolutely loved it. So, yeah, that's probably my biggest risk. But having said that, I didn't really feel that. I gave myself over to the person that I was jumping with and said, oh, well, he knows what he's doing. I'm just going to leave myself. And if he tells me to jump out, I'm just going to go. And I really had that mindset that, oh, well, you know, I'm paying for this. He knows what he's doing. I'm just going to go with it. Yeah. Um, and I so loved it. It was fantastic. Absolutely. I'd do it again in a heartbeat. Did you do that here in Brizzy? Yeah, I did. And I actually did it with a girlfriend of mine. Um, and she just turned 60 uh, last year. And I said, so are we going to do that again? Oh, I was for her 50th. And I said, so we're jumping out again. And she said, oh, I don't think my body will manage it again. <laughs> so that was that was sad, actually. She's had some knee and hip injuries, so, uh, and that was sad. But, um, yeah, we had a blast. Well, she could maybe try paragliding. Paragliding, yeah. Not quite the same, though. You Not know, I'm quite a bit the of, same, but you bit are of a genuine drunkie. <laughs> <laughs> I've realised that uh, hot air ballooning is not my thing. It's all a bit boring. Yeah. But- and although the best part when I did it was that we, we crashed. That was awesome. <laughs> that was really good. We crashed into a house. That was really good. And, yes, they were all, yeah, they were in, in Brisbane. Yeah. Oh, nice. Excellent. Yeah. Well, Judy, I wonder what does fun look like for you then if it's if that's what you do for a risk it sounds like you love your risk so what's fun look like for you fun is I guess is just really enjoying my family having fun together laughing doing the things that you know you're passionate about and you love yeah. and of course we can't do them every day or all the time but make time for those things in your life um, and I think that's that's what you know, is good for your heart, good for, yeah. your, good for your body. That's it, good for our heart, makes our happy heart sing. Absolutely, totally agree. Yeah. All right. Well, Judy, it's just been an absolute delight talking to you today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It has been a real pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Katie. It's been a blast. Really, really enjoyed it anytime. And lovely to see you. And you still look like a model to me. Oh, I thank you very much. It's the lovely lighting. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Katie. Have a great night, darling. Talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. And thank Thank you you. to everybody who's uh, watching or listening today. If you need more help with this, just book in for a private session and let's just get it done this week because life is for living and an ounce of adjustment is always easier to implement than 20 pound of change. It's time to enjoy the life you've been looking for. Bye for now.